It's October 10th, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And, our, and first up, we'll hear from Jared Cushy. He's here to tell us about his life science startup called Life DNA. Then in conjunction with the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, we'll hear from Joni Chun and Jeannie Hioki about the Cyber Success Program in the schools. So first off, uh, we want to welcome Jared Cushy. He's the uh, President COO of Life DNA. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bert. So Jared, I know you from uh, Blue Startup Days, and mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I, it's always an exciting you know place to be with all the cohorts and everybody just kind of really getting into the whole entrepreneurial and startup spirit. I want to kind of understand your trajectory, having gone through that, and and now starting your own startup. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Blue Startups was the best thing that could have happened to me, you know, straight out of college. Um, I, I got to meet up the, the best network of Hawaii, mm-hmm. got to be a part of seven courts, so get to, you know, build my knowledge base, learn as much as I can learn. Um, and supposedly, I should know what not to do, right, at this point. But of course, actually being in a startup is totally different. Uh-huh. Um, and you really learn as it goes. Um, what can go wrong probably will go wrong. Um, but you just, you know, persevere, go with the blows and move forward with it. So uh, my co-founder, Steve Markowitz, and chairman of our company actually um, was a lead mentor at Blue Startups. So mm-hmm. I met him through Blue Startups. Um, he believed in us and invested us throughout you know from from the start um and yeah right out of the gates we we got manufacturing we built the team um and yeah within i believe nine months we were shipping products so so, so steve, steve markowitz he he um kind of had the idea and he had already well, maybe he he spotted you and wanted to you know sort of have you become part of his you know his team actually to create life dna well, um, so Steve and I got to be friends, you know, mm-hmm. uh, over the time. Uh, three and a half years, I was at Blue Startups, and he kind of knew I was always uh, hungry, right? I really mm-hmm. wanted to get out there and put my skills and knowledge to, to work and start my own company. So uh, we, we fell upon this opportunity at Life DNA, where my co-founder, Cyril, who's actually from Canada and moving to Hawaii, um, you know, started with his uncle getting cancer, unfortunately. Um, and he was online trying all different things, fitness things, um, different vitamins, different diets, and he actually got more sick. So it started with that problem. And at the same time, Steve and I were talking about how DNA is, is just taking over the world, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of technology, the world is finally open up, opening up to it, and the possibilities are really endless with CRISPR and stuff like that. Uh, so we kind of put two and two together right there. Um, and luckily, Steve believed in us. We put together a presentation, we pitched him, um, and then the rest is history. So tell us a little bit about what exactly Life DNA does. Yeah, so uh, we are DNA optimization programs. Mm-hmm. We have our own DNA tests, um, and we take that information and create uh, our own dietary supplements for you. So your own, your own pack of dietary supplements. We have our own um, reports, our own tests, our own lab, and we have an algorithm of over 1,100 studies now based upon uh, peer-reviewed journals that correlate certain genetic markers called SNPs mm-hmm. um, and what risk alleles that are identified that might make you more prone to certain deficiencies in the body and then correlating those deficiencies to actual ingredients in our supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, we just released this very exciting uh, 12-month optimization program. So besides getting the actual supplements based on your DNA on a monthly basis to your doorstep, uh, we have a certified life DNA expert that gives off a kickoff consultation. And every quarter, um, they're going to be following up with you and giving you different things and recommendations on what you should be doing based on your DNA. So, so give us an example of what the let's say the analysis of the DNA might uh, reveal 
and how that would translate into supplements that you might be able to take to, to better your, you know, your health. Right, definitely. So we kind of use the thing of uh, multivitamin, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way I should be taking the same multivitamin as you are for multiple reasons, and one of them being your genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good example is uh, one of the genes that we look at is called the VDR gene. And what correlates to that, we created a supplement called the VDR optimizer. Um, and that basically means you have a vitamin D deficiency, uh, which will affect the structure of your bones and whatnot. Uh, and based upon, if if you have a deficiency in that genetic marker itself, um, you you quite possibly could get that in your box. Um, and inside of there, there's vitamin D3, which is the e- most easily absorbable form of D3, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the right amount of K2, which helps you know um, disperse that vitamin D to, throughout your body in a proper way. So wow. um, you know you you wouldn't necessarily know that based upon just. Yeah, so how does that, I mean, so do you leverage the reports that you study or do you have on staff, um, not medical, but, you know, experts around what what should you take in conjunction to this particular, let's say, DNA marker or condition? Yes, so we do have a science team, and we also put together a very strong scientific advisory board, which mm-hmm. also uh, includes the co-director here at uh, the, the University of Hawaii, Manoa uh, Marie. Um, she's a co-director of the Genomics Center. Mm-hmm. So that's an example. You know, we have a bunch of PhDs that are on here um, that help us put together this algorithm. And like I said, there's over 1,100 peer-reviewed journals now that correlate all these deficiencies to the genetic marker itself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the ingredients. Now, how are you marketing this out to the community? So you're in Hawaii. Uh, and obviously, this is something that could be uh, done across the country, perhaps even internationally. I mean, how do you so how do you broaden that marketplace beyond Hawaii? Yeah, so actually, um, we're already all over the United States uh, and Canada, mm-hmm. and we do have a lot of inquiries from people all over the world. Actually, saying, "Hey, when are you going to be in New Zealand or India?" Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the goal is to be global, and we do plan to get there. But of course, starting here in the United States and Canada. Um, lots of Facebook marketing, lots of press, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just hustling, you know, getting out there and getting the word and building a brand of life DNA. So you're you're pretty much a bootstrap company. I mean, you guys <clears throat> started off. I mean, you you and Steve and your team. I mean, you guys uh, basically after you left uh, Blue. I mean, I know you guys are over at the uh, Impact Hub and growing from there. Mm-hmm. Are you out there, sort of, um, just doing it on your own? I mean, what is the what is the path that you're taking? Right. Um, so we definitely do have investors, um, mm-hmm. but right now it's all private. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get any venture funding yet. Um, and we're just trying to build a profitable company. I mean, that should be the goal of every startup in my goal, mm-hmm. right? Um, to build a profitable company and make a difference in the world. Um, our motto, and also I got this from Steve, actually, is to do well by doing good. And I think Life Teenage can truly do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I think a lot of startups want to go out there and raise a lot of money, but um, really, if you don't need it, I say don't take it. Right, um, right. And just try to be a profitable company. Do you do you foresee going down that venture, you know, the VC route, or do you, if you if you don't need to do it, don't you, you you know maybe you don't need to have to you know go down that. Right. Route. So I mean, we're doing everything in our power right now to reach profitability, mm-hmm. and we truly believe we can do that with um, you know what we currently with the investment that we currently have. Um, and if we ever reach that point, uh, we'll assess it as a company to see if that's something we want to go down. Right. So the the reason why you should take investment money is if you want to. I guess, boom, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, really, really just take off on, on a new segment or really try to throw a lot of money to advertising. Um, and that's something we're going to assess when we get right, there. Right, right, right. Yeah. how many people work for you now? Uh, we have about 12 team members now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and growing. Uh, I guess the million-dollar question is, uh, can you do this all from Hawaii? 
Um, we are we're, we're going to do it. I mean, you know, I was born and raised here. Uh, everything through Blue Stars, I'm all about supporting Hawaii, and I truly believe that um, you can start um, a global company from Hawaii. You know, it has its pros and cons, um, but I love it here. We're making it happen. We're going to prove it to everyone that you can do it in Hawaii, you know. So can, uh, can people now go and sign up someplace? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we've been live. Uh, we just launched, like I said, the 12-month mm-hmm, optimization mm-hmm. program. Uh, if you go to lifedna.com, um, you can go there to click to apply um, because it is a, a very exclusive program. You know, we're taking 1,000 applicants right now, and we're really looking for people that take this seriously and really want to uh, make their life better based on their DNA. Well, that sounds really good. I'll, I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Jared, for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, but I really appreciate it. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Joni Chun and Jeannie Hioki. We'll talk about the Cyber Success Program. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. I listen to the news every single morning. Pretty much that's my way of getting the news. I also listen to the news at night. It's usually BBC Africa, but that's what I listen to. Pretty much I don't change the dial very much, and I probably shouldn't admit to that, but my station is HPR. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marsh Cafe. Now joining us in the studio is Joni Chun, and she's from the Susanna Wesley Community Center. And, of course, uh, we have Jeannie Hioki, who is an IT programmer, and both are here to talk about the Cyber Success Program, all happening during Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, Joni, I'm going to start with you, and the tough question is, what is Cyber Success? Cyber success is a innovative approach to um, providing us um, a new program to disadvantaged youth in the Kalihi or the disadvantaged areas of Oahu. Um, I, we're partnering a nonprofit need of giving enhancement or enrichment opportunities to these youth, and partnering with professionals, mm-hmm. volunteer professionals out there who we might not, as a nonprofit, have that skill set, so we're partnering. And the, the target of this program is to give disadvantaged youth. We're targeting girls um, because they tend to be the underserved in, in the tech field. Um, the opportunity to learn uh, with a, 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 um, in a hands-on approach um, the, in, and introducing it into the technology field. So you're from the Susanna Wesley Community Center. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what exactly is the community center all about. Susanna Wesley has a rich history, um, providing services for 119 years right now, mm-hmm. um, serving the disadvantaged. We, we are a gathering place, um, a safe place for community um, youth, um, those that are vulnerable to gather and just being a safe place, providing social services to those that are in need, as well as doing advocacy for um, those who are marginalized. So can you give me a sense as to how did uh, you and the Susanna Wesley Community Center kind of get involved with this area of cybersecurity and cyber success? So um, I have a, um, a long-time relationship with Reynold Hioki. Mm-hmm. He is the state's um, cybersecurity coordinator. 
And um, I introduced him to the center. I gave him a tour, which involved um, sharing with him our computer lab. Mm -hmm. And um, he had shared um, with me that his wife, Jeannie, um, who's here with us here today, um, had a passion to start a program to or, or work with someone to bring this type of um, opportunity to the disadvantaged. So bringing together the IT side and our, the need and the facility, we thought it was, would, it be, would be a great partnership. Oh, that's great. And that's a great introduction for, uh, for Jeannie to tell me how did, um, you know, in terms of your sort of technical background, what role would you play in this program? Well, to start off, I'm probably going to be the instructor for the students that we're going to start with. And mm -hmm. we're going to start small, so it should be manageable. And they're going to be on the younger side. So being a mom, hopefully I'll be able to draw from that experience and be able to try to relate to them and try to encourage them to try this new field. Because that's what we're trying to do is make it attractive to to those that are um underserved and who maybe not have that kind of exposure to computers like others might have. So are you uh, developing the curriculum for a particular age group? I mean, what are, you, what are you focusing in on? So I'm looking to focus on fourth and fifth graders only because that's just one step below the programs that are already out there like um, cyber camps and the middle school programs with cyber patriots. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we're trying to get these kids are just like an extra jump start to starting those programs. We don't want them to have to wait till they are going to be in middle school to get exposure to this. We want to bring it to them before that. Mm -hmm. And Joni, as, as far as the uh, Susanna Wesley Community Center, is this a, a, a place that the, typically the fourth and fifth grade girls might uh, attend? Or how, does, how do you bring them together there? So Susanna Wesley is, is strategically and ideally located within walking distance from um, two major public housing um, projects and um, a middle school and, and um, elementary school. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they're in walking distance. So, um, and we also have a youth drop-in center that's open Monday through Friday um, that serves the community. So we do have already a draw from the community to to introduce this, this new program. Mm -hmm. So uh, the program isn't, isn't um, running yet, so it's, it's still kind of in its formation stage? That is correct. And, and, and what is it, um, at what point do you think it is, and where, when do you see it being actually rolled out, Jeannie? So, so to tie it in with National Cybersecurity Month, mm -hmm. where our goal is to be start our first class by the end of October. So just getting all those little details and mostly trying to find those kids that not only are interested in learning about technology and computers and such, but will they be able to make it to our classes on Wednesdays and Saturdays? That's a projected um, time frame. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we want them to succeed. I mean, cyber success, right? So we have to make sure that these kids not only are interested, but they don't have other family issues or whatever might be keeping them away from being there on those two days every week. So that's 
a big part of the goal of so part of the um, focus is going to be on IT fundamentals as well as, as cybersecurity. So have you started to think about what exactly you might be uh, conducting in the workshop? Yeah, so I'm going to start with you know the basics about being comfortable with the mouse and mm-hmm. keyboard kind of things. And I've already there's a lot of tools out there that I googled for on computer games to to teach those basic skills. So it's, it's as far as that goes, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just taking what's already out there on getting better at keyboarding and using the mouse and then presenting to, presenting it to the kids in a way that's fun. And we're planning to have a lot of incentive-driven kind of, um, you know, you come every day, you get this. So mm-hmm. we want them to come every day. We want them to enjoy it the time that they are there and then we want them to tell their younger sisters or brothers or whatever so no is this is this something that's perhaps not happening in school i mean do don't kids get to play on the computer oh, not play but you know do some kind of curriculum on the computer and have a familiarity with keyboard and mouse i mean is this happening in doe or is this is something that uh is is helping fill a gap so i think it is to a limited extent in the schools of course I you know my kids have been out of elementary school for quite a long time now but it was a very um, short period and it it didn't continue develop skills I guess what it is it just kind of introduced it to them and I think for us we just really want them not just to introduce this to them but to make it really fun and make it really teach them how useful and and awesome it would be to Mm -hmm. We're looking for those kids that will be naturals at such such a field. Now, do you see um, how would you, let's say, complement or augment what's currently happening with uh, the introduction of computer science in education? Uh, do you see this as being kind of a, a supplemental program, Joni? What's, what's different from our approach is that we're working toward, um, as an incentive, once they complete the the sessions the four week sessions twice a week it's um, they get a refurbished laptop so something to continue their education continue their practice and some of the youth that we have they don't have those types of tools and technology at home so while they might be introduced in in the school system it's not something that they have available at home so that would be an added bonus to them and um, give them more of an incentive to continue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I'd like to uh, find out from you is uh, what kind of ideas you might have in terms of identifying the right kind of student or cohort to join your, your first sort of pilot. Now, hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Joni Chun and Jeannie Hioki about the Cyber Success Program. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Wealth Jar, Hawaii Pacific University, and Locations. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Joni Chun and Jeannie Hioki about the Cyber Success Program. Right before the break, we were talking about the the actual, you know, getting the students together, perhaps complementing and augmenting what might be happening in the, the schools, the DOE. Uh, but, but um, Joni, I wanted to ask you, in terms of identifying, you said fourth and fifth, uh, fifth grade students, how would you go about actually attracting 
the students into the program? What is your sort of strategy to find out who might be the most uh, benefited, you know, to join the program? And, and how do you plan to entice them in? I think the biggest enticement, um, as we started talking to um, staff and, and some of the youth, is the laptop. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the carrot for them, you know, um, to be interested and to to have that um, tangible experience, or, you know, going through that. So also we look at parental involvement um, to see that they're committed also. And if there's barriers to the for the parents to become engaged, we're thinking about how can we invite the parents also and have some sort of different type of programming for them, whether it just be a chit-chat coffee hour while the kids are engaged in this activity of learning. Do you, do you foresee perhaps uh, putting out an application or trying to you know, get, get parents to apply to the program? Well, we want it to be a low barrier type mm-hmm. of um, opportunity for them. Um, some of the families don't have high literacy, so um, it's a simple application. It's um, if they're showing excitement, come on in. We already have one person, one family already identified, and we're looking for more. What um, would be a, a, a good sort of sweet spot in terms of the number of students in the in the uh, the pilot that you launch? We're looking for a class size of eight to ten. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you said laptops. And where, where are these laptops coming from? Oh, we've been blessed um, to have um, as a donation Hawaiian Hope. Mm-hmm. It's another um, nonprofit agency. And they've generously donated the first set to, to give out. I've heard of Hawaiian Hope. Uh, you know, maybe I should get those guys to come on the radio. So they, Hawaiian Hope is, is a nonprofit. And, and basically what they, they, they take kind of uh, not – I mean, they're refurbished, or maybe they just take them in and they refurbish them, but they make computers available to, to people. That's correct. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Jeannie, I mean, in terms of uh, uh, the kind of, uh, let's say, curriculum that you might develop, do you have a sense as to, like, how long a period of time? What's the, what's the time frame by which you want to start and end this workshop period? So we're going to start with four weeks, meeting twice a week, Wednesdays possibly and Saturdays just for an hour and because we want to just make it we you know attention span of fourth and fifth graders might not be much more than an hour mm-hmm. so we're going to start there and so the hope is that after those four weeks if it goes well we'll, we'll move them to the next part of our um, program and the idea being to continue on throughout the year until they are ready to move into middle school, at which time they can join cyber camps. Okay, so if we have a um, let's say the first cohort and you have eight students and they're going for this four four week period, I mean basically it's about eight hours worth of of uh, introduction to IT fundamentals and cybersecurity. And do you see the same cohort kind of moving on? Yes. Post, post that for four weeks? That and is the you, hope. Do you envision another cohort coming in? Mm-hmm. That's you'll the be, hope. I mean, it'll be sort of uh, geometrically uh, increasing <laughs> over time, I would imagine. So we foresee that hopefully being our future, and we do, that's why we're partnering with other professional organization, mm-hmm. organizations. ISC Squared is one of them, mm-hmm. who we hope to tap um, the those people to come on out and help because there are people that out there that want to help. They just don't know how. And so if we have this program, we've tried it once for this one session, then we'll be able to say, here's what you need to do. So 
it's going to first start at the Susanna Wesley Community Center. But what do you envision happening to take it to other locations or other schools? In, in talking with Jeannie, um, it's in talking with Jeannie, uh, we, we want to go to other um, disadvantaged areas. Mm-hmm. And one of her um, su- sweet spots for her heart is in the Waipahu area. So that would be another area that we would like to branch out into. So learning from this experiencing experience and and replicating it in different communities. So, okay, so if you were to plan out, course out what's going to happen post-pilot, you have your you have your four weeks. You have the first cohort, and then now you start to look at um, not only graduating them into another level of study, but now you're having a new cohort and perhaps replicating this. How do you see managing kind of the the the, the people resource? I mean, you're only one person, Jeannie. You're another person. I mean, how do you plan to replicate yourselves? Part of the design and, and the, the concept was as the cohorts start graduating or advancing, they could serve as the um, the the teachers mm-hmm. for the younger students. As they progress, they cycle back in. So I don't envision it um, branching out or expanding in the it really quickly because it takes some time to, to have it um, uh, take root and to grow and to be successful. So you sort of see... Uh it being more of a train-the-trainer kind of uh, activity and, and identifying kind of key folks that might help replicate it across other locations. Train-the-trainer or leadership development for uh-huh. the youth uh, and workforce development, you know, giving them all these um, experiences that could be placed on a resume to help build and gain non-traditional ways of entering the workforce. And, and uh, Jeannie, you know, in terms of positioning the students for programs like uh, Cyber, Cyber Patriot, how do, you, how do you sort of help direct them toward that, uh, that uh, objective? Well, I think it was just the basic introducing them to computer skills and, and presenting it in a way that doesn't sound overly nerdy. Um, I think is, that's my approach anyway. Mm-hmm. How do you? Uh, how would you kind of measure the success of the program? I mean, let's say you got their first eight; they're all, you know, like got their laptops and they're all excited. How would you start to measure the success of the program? Um, the number of kids who want to continue on. I think that'll be one of the biggest measures of success. We wanted it to be f- a fun experience, um, and sometimes when it's fun, you don't they don't even know that they're learning. And so it's that soft approach, continuing that um, into that that next um, level of learning. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest measures for success on our side. I'm kind of curious. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about IT fundamentals, but what would you start to introduce in terms of cybersecurity to this first cohort? Well, I think two things on my mind are having good passwords. Okay. okay so okay. that's one. Uh-huh. Another thing is that I had. I had been told that one of the biggest mistakes people make, you know, from all ages is clicking on links that are not safe. And so that's kind of also in my in the back of my mind having those kinds of exercises where they click on this link and they see what can happen, the bad things that can happen just for doing that simple simple thing. 
Now, in terms of uh, fourth and fifth graders, uh, are they are they on social media? Is there any part of the uh, workshop that might introduce them to cyber safety practices? Definitely. I mean, the the big thing is, as far as Cyber Patriot is, to be safe online, mm-hmm. and that can be taught to every age, and we all. Even though we've been in the field for a long time, we still make certain mistakes. So, yeah, that's online safety is probably one of the big things. So, Joni, uh, if somebody was interested, where can they go to actually sign up? Um, come and visit visit our website, SusannaWesley.org, for more information. And then what, they can sign up or get more information from Get them? more f- information from the website. Well, very good. Joni Chun from the Susanna Wesley Community Center and Jeannie Hioki. And she is uh, an IT programmer over at uh, the Sydney County. Wanna, and they're both key organizers of the Cyber Success Program. We want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us. And, of course, uh, we want to thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about learning the Hawaiian language in Duolingo. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. I want to thank our engineer, David Chong. And, of course, you can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. These days remember her.